The guavas were a little too seedy for me to try to eat while we're doing the post show here. I think I'm gonna give it a shot. Another shot. Maybe just like squeeze it, squeeze it into the beer, see what it does. It's mm, a good idea. Guava juice? Does oh, it juice? No, it just turns into a pulp. Oh, uh, well, you probably can juice it, but you need centrifugal juicer. Well, here's an interesting thing, though: that the pulp kind of comes out, and uh-huh. you still have the the sides and the uh-huh. you know and, and and the skin. So I'm curious. <laughs> you just throw a pulp in the dump. Kind of looks like a little snot. Oh boy. The skin was more bitter. I think the pulp had some good sweetness to it. Yeah, no. It works. I'm digging it. You never had a guava fresh. No, you I had it like in, in drinks and stuff like sure, that. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, I know I've had guava because I've actually used guava as a flavor descriptor. Mm-hmm. As of right now, I'm drawing a blank on exactly when that was. But yeah, now we've had it. You know, those would be a good thing as a kind of um, macerator bake, you know, like, you mm-hmm. know, kind of like roast them and see how much sweetness you get off those. Because think of a peach, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And if you did the same thing, split this in half and kind of put it on a grill or something like that, they could get some really good flavors out of guava, I would think. And it might actually soften the seeds, too. It could. But no, I... I it's got a nice tartness to it. I, I enjoy the flavor mm-hmm. of the guava a lot. I really enjoy the cactus, too. Cactus was really tasty. If anything, I re- kind of regret using olive oil. Does the olive oil flavor kind of is it imparted in yeah. here a little more than I probably would have liked to be able just to explore mm-hmm. cactus? So maybe like some either canola oil or mm-hmm. give it some classic butter. Yeah. I think butter would have been good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it really picked up some of the olive oil flavor. But it olive oil and cactus is a good combination. It works. Uh-huh. You can't say it doesn't work. It's very tasty. It's got a nice tang to it. It's um, it's kind of hard to describe exactly what it tastes like, which is, I guess, the the good thing about you know when you have a new flavor, mm-hmm. that that's right. You, you shouldn't be able. I mean, you can't describe pineapples anything other than pineapple. You can try, but you're not getting right. it close. But this flavor is very familiar. That's the weird thing to me. I, I can't think place so. it. Yeah, I think this flavor is very familiar. It's not just the olive oil that's not in it? I don't think it's the olive oil. Maybe it is a bit of the olive oil. I think the flavor is kind of... Yeah, maybe. I think I'm drawing it to roasted asparagus, mm-hmm. which I cook in olive oil. It also reminds me to something that I've had. Gotta use butter for asparagus. It, it reminds me to something that. Oh no! Olive oil and asparagus is pretty good. Right. I'll try butter next time. Uh, it also tastes like something that I've had in a burger for some reason, hmm. but I'm not sure exactly what. In a burger. In a burger. This tasting this reminds me of a burger topping that I've had. I could see this. Kind of hitting a dill pickle note just a bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really. I'm not talking at all about fast food burgers. I'm talking about, you know, you don't need to have a fast yeah, food. Yeah, burger yeah I know, I know, I know. what I'm saying, but I'm talking. It's probably closer to 
red pepper or something on a burger or something like that. Well, we did say green peppers is kind mm-hmm. of a, yeah, somewhat close. It has the same it. texture. Yeah, yeah. So this is prickly pear cactus, right? Yes. Has so those, of, those leaves that you see in the store, mm-hmm. and you got to cut them apart. But fortunately, the Mexican grocery they have them all diced and ready to go. Yeah, they're actually since they've cooled down, they've become even better because some even some more of that like, sliminess has kind of faded off of them. And they, mm-hmm. you can put these in salsa. You can oh put yeah, these in uh, any kind of uh, chili part of your oh, taco it would meat. Go great in the chili tart part of. Uh, Anything you put green peppers in, yeah, this would go well. This and, and it would add it an extra little bit of tartness to it. Mm-hmm. So go like even like a a stuffed pepper. This would actually go really well in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What we're saying anything you put green peppers in, you'll put this in your burrito. Put this in your. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about non Mexican food? Where would you throw this in non Mexican food? I would like to you know well, have it's in stuffed peppers. Those aren't Mexican. Yeah. yeah. Instead of dice, slice this and put it on a burger. I think that'd be really mm-hmm. this good. Would, this would go nice on a salad. This would be a nice accoutrement to a salad. Yeah. I, I think this... Uh, what are these called again? It's uh, coyotes. Coyotes, I think. Coyote, yeah. Coyotes. Or, uh, I forget. Yeah. But I, I really like the crunch on those. I think slicing those and putting those on a salad would mm-hmm. work. And it seemed like reading online... They generally aren't used raw, but I think there's a nice rawness. There's a bit of radish in it. Yep. Yep. And, but not the spicy part of radish, but more of the, the texture, texture yeah. and some of the fleshy part of the radish flavor. Mm-hmm. And there's a nice crunch. It's like any place in a salad where you would use fennel, but maybe you want to stay away from that mint, that mm-hmm. licorice minty part of it. Right, right. You know, you could get right. much of the same character. Yeah, I was talking uh, it's to, probably better than water chestnut in a lot of salads, I would think. I think I prefer oh, yeah. this over water chestnut. Oh, definitely. I think it's kind of similar to lychee in a way. Mm-hmm. I was talking to... Um, Damien mentioned this to me. He said, he said he thinks that the most of the problem people have with Japanese food is, is a texture thing. And I think that's probably right. I think that... Because I, I really do think the flavors in Japanese food are awesome and kind of universal but the textures are not a, a great example to me is uni if you get fresh uni it's sweet it's this kind of oh it's this beautiful sweet slightly floral thing but it's got this kind of creamy gooey texture to it are you talking about sushi specifically, or not? No, no. I'm like, just talking about the sea urchin row, the uni. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, uni's row. That's right. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um. I mean. I mean. I do think people dis people stay away from things like tuna because they don't like the texture of raw fish. I mean, that's the thing that surprised me the most when I first started having. Um, oh, I'm having such a brain fart right now. What's the meat that's on top of the little rice thing? Or just, you know, that kind of sushi that's... Oh, that's nigiri. 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 It's, it's N-I-G-I-R-I, but it's... So, yeah. so when I started having that, you know, it's the, the meat that is generally... <laughs> Should I install a new version of Java right now? Mm. It's available. Probably not. No. How about we uh, remind me later? Maybe even skip this version. Fuck you, Java. Um, I was surprised at like how not 
fishy it was. I mean, mm-hmm. good sushi quality meat, yeah. you know, is very, um, you just bite into it and it just comes apart. It's very tender. Mm-hmm. And it's not slimy and fishy. It's not like when you're cleaning fish, you know, like like locally caught fish. And I do it. think that part of that is a local thing in some sense because Pittsburgh can't necessarily get good fish unless you pay for it. So you may get fish that's you know not bad for you, but it's it's a it's gone a little bit towards the fishy side. So the idea of like say a raw cod isn't very appealing. Oh no, that's a very fishy fish. Yes, and that's like if yeah. you ever like order fish at like oh so during Lent right a church fish fry right mm-hmm. it's going to be cod or something like that, and it. Fair chance that it could be a little undercooked, right? That stuff's slimy and fishy. Mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of people think sushi is going to taste like. Because they've all had undercooked fish fry. Yep. And they think sushi is going to taste like undercooked fish fry. And no. And no, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. But it does have a texture that's similar. And people see. I think it's, it's a lot more firm. It's never. Well, it depends like, on the fish. Yeah, okay. it depends on the fish. Yeah, you could. Yeah, I mean, there's certain certain fishes that are. I mean, you, you take a, a for example, a, a red snapper that has a texture very much like cod. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a it is a very light flavor, very very hard to find flavor if you're not looking for it. You have to, you know, adjust your palate to find mm-hmm. it. But yeah, it's a texture a lot like a sort of a raw cod. So I can see where somebody's like, oh, no. I love it. I think it's great, but... Yeah, but the people that don't like sushi aren't going to... Yeah. They aren't going to experience that first. Yeah. They're going to expense tuna, salmon... Tilapia. Tilapia, you know, things like that. That first. And, you know, so they're going to have some... Now, yeah, tuna doesn't... Tuna's texture is way different. But that's... I mean, if so, yeah. someone who doesn't... No sushi. Thinks they don't like raw fish. They're not going to try red snapper. I mean, they would never have encountered right. red snapper first. Right. If they had an open mind. They would have always encountered... You know, you well, there was a problem that, that there are some less than awesome sushi places that use tilapia instead of red snapper. Because, it's, because the difference is hard to tell unless you're looking for it. Right, but I mean, I'm saying when you order your first plate of sushi, you're not going to get either of those. Yeah, you get a California roll. Well, but beyond that, when you get yeah. your first nigri, you're going to get salmon. You're going to get yeah. tuna. Yeah. You're going to get you know something that has that tex- that mm-hmm. that easy that easy to consume texture, and you know it's really not that challenging for for a neophyte. I mean, that's kind of how I went into it, you know. And yeah, sure, I tried other things. I tried things that were more harder to bite into and not nearly as tender and, and more fishy. But, you know, the first ones you are presented with are the yeah. easy-to-eat ones. I mean, I am a huge fan of uh, the squid, but yeah, I can understand why people wouldn't like that. That's a major textural difference. It's got some really nice, subtle sweetness to it, but the texture is way different than what you're used to. Uh, there... <laughs> I love sushi. Hey, what can I say? It's 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 awesome. But I, I I've actually, I mean, I, an an awesome 
what they call a uh, otoro or a chuturo. Those are the chuturo is a semi fatty and otoro is a, it's a super fatty tuna. Mm-hmm. Those are like they melt in your mouth like butter. But the regular uh, maguro tuna, which is just sort of the the red stuff, mm-hmm. that's okay. But I actually kind of like salmon more. It's got a little bit more of the oily quality to mm-hmm. it. But man, that like that's like a a really good otoro. It's expensive if. If you go to the right place, but it is amazing. I haven't had sushi in a while. I'm gonna have to go get some. I mean, well, I haven't had sushi that's not giant eagle sushi right, yeah. in a while. I have to go get some sushi. Mmm, sushi. Too bad there's none here in Cranberry. Open it eleven o'clock at night on a Saturday. No, probably not. I don't know. Is that um, you have an ichiban nearby? I don't know if that's still open, but that's probably not. It might be. Are they known for their sushi these days? I don't know. It's behind you. In the in the. I know, but the thumping was that you or was that? I don't know. It was thumping. Hmm. <laughs> It was your mom trying to get out. Or it was those cats you have. <laughs> My cat urine generating <laughs> exactly. facility. I love cat pee. Can't help it. Oh, man. So what else is going on? I watched a couple Kimmy Smiths this week. Mm-hmm. Or maybe just one. I watched episode... One more, the Plastic Surgeon one's the one I watched. Okay, the, Martin, the one with Martin Turner. Yeah. I enjoyed it. You know, I'm going to get through them. It's not like I'm... It gets better, but it just keeps getting better and better and right. better. I love when they flash back to, to in the in the bunker, mm-hmm. and they're doing the, like, describing each other mirror thing. <laughs> and Kiri's like, if I turn my head real fast, I can see myself. <laughs> I think episode seven, Kimmy Goes to a Party, was probably my favorite episode, and I think you'll... Get a huge kick out of it. I'll get there. Let's see. Oh, I, I, uh, what was that space one you told me to download? Other space. Other space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I added that. I didn't download any. I haven't double checked to figure out why. That reminds me. Let me get these things for you. Sure. I'll give you other space too. I think I have it. So. Okay. Yeah, so uh, like I went into the folder to see if there's any episodes of Other Space, and they weren't there yet. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I just have to go into Sickbeard and say, download, 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 probably. I can't imagine their DMCA takedown. I mean, technically, you can watch them all on uh, on Yahoo for free. And well, I Technically, I don't want to deal with that nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but this USB is not formatted right. Give me a USB yeah. that can... Oh, golly. You know what? Here, let me just have you put it right on the network share. How about that? Okay. Talky talk, Greg. Well, in front of me, I have an iPhone 6 Plus. <laughs> uh, this giant phone ever in giant... Oh, I okay. There, there, there is one thing. I had a... Interesting experience where my computer started to to go bad. Not this one, but my other one, my home one. And it started to restart 
like randomly, and I realized uh, looking at it that it was the CPU temperature was spiking. So I took a look at what was going on, and th- th- apparently the fan that was on it had two of the feet were broken, and, and it's kept vertical, so it was kind of hanging off. So it wasn't quite, wasn't quite on the CPU. So mm-hmm. I bought a big new fan, like a huge fan, right, right. a huge, a huge CPU thing with like six, it's like six pipes, and it's got a big fan on it. Mm-hmm. And I just installed that uh, yes Friday, and it was uh, it, like. Damien offered to install it for me, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. And it, it was... The, the the most annoying part was that I um, I accidentally flashed my... I accidentally pressed the BIOS reset button, so I had to oh. <laughs> redo all that stuff. But other than that, it worked. It worked out well. Cool. And now I have a huge, like a super-duper fan, a super-duper heat sink on that sucker, so it's not going to... It's not going to get hot. Even in the summertime. Which we okay, are okay. So that's co- the the other space is copying. Okay. Uh, where is the other things you downloaded for me? Are they in here too? They're in the downloads directory. Yeah. Okay. You need to also get other spaces. Episode five wasn't included in that, but I did download episode five separately. Okay. I think I did. I'm pretty sure I did. Like I said, with other space though, the first episode is kind of setting things up. It doesn't really get awesome until the second episode when but, but it's still I would say this not as awesome as Kimmy Schmidt like Kimmy Schmidt is is Tina Fey awesome and other space is like mm-hmm. pretty damn good awesome but not not on that level okay so now Jeff is still okay. playing with no they're Schmidt. all copying now it's gonna take a few minutes but all right. it's all copying it'll be on my uh, media center by the time you leave And stuff and things. I'd you gonna drink any more Dorothy? Or are you done? I'm done. Okay. Do you want to go set up the telescope and look at Jupiter? Not really. No. Okay. Just asking. I appreciate you asking, but not really. You know, that's like last night. I was like, well, you just realize I have a USB in my hand because it's, like, <laughs> it's not. It wasn't nearly big enough. Yeah, true. It wasn't nearly big enough to do it. I mean, it was four gigs of other space and three gigs of the other two shows and. Uh, the, the, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I looked at Jupiter last night with uh, Greg's old three and a half inch telescope uh, with a couple of neighbors. It was pretty nice. They didn't seem to have that heart skipping moment mm-hmm. that we had when we first saw Jovian moons with our naked eyes. Well, we care about that kind of stuff. I mean, well, they, they were pretty. Nate, Nate was pretty interested. You know, he was reason I brought the whole thing out. But he didn't seem to have that moment of like, wow. Like, you know, when Greg and I first saw Jupiter's moons through a telescope, it was a pretty crazy moment. Yeah. It's like, I've seen pictures of these things, but, right. but this isn't the internet. That's, that's 600 million miles away, and I'm looking at it. I'm not looking at a picture someone took. I'm looking at it through this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought I thought that they would have kind of that moment. It didn't really happen. Well, maybe they didn't express it. Yeah. As a, you know, doesn't necessarily mean they didn't have it, it just means they didn't express it the way we did. We were both mm-hmm. kind of commiserating in the awesomeness of the event. Yeah. 
Yeah, but there was three moons. They were on a nice straight line. It was mm-hmm. really like I wish I could have like snapped a photo of it. You know, it'd been too hard. Do you still you still have that microscope um, adapter thing for? No, I, I it never worked right. Oh, it never ever worked. It right. worked for me when I hooked up to the microscope at work. Oh, really? We have a microscope at work. I hooked it onto that, and I used the phone to take pictures, and it worked really well. Huh. I don't know if I still have that, but it, it won't fit an iPhone 6 anyway. No, it won't fit my phone either. Actually, I still have my 4S. I could use. Could. I could just keep that phone to use it to, yeah. to take pictures. Use it as a camera with that I'll mount. I'll have to look and see if I can find it, yeah. That, okay. I mean, so yeah, it worked well on the microscope. I've never tried using it on your telescopes, so I don't know about mm-hmm. those specifically. But it would have been nice to have that, you know, have the opportunity to try to take that shot last night. Uh, like I said, I... I think that I could see two dark bands across Jupiter, but both uh, Rex and, and Nate couldn't really tell. Tried dimming the view for them so it'd be maybe not so washed out, but with, with what? With with the kind of just put your hand up over oh. the oh, yeah. over the thing, just take out a little bit of light, you know. Yeah. Sometimes that helps. That was fun. You can use one of those adjustable moon filters, like a. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I I didn't do anything crazy like that. It was the ghetto here. Put some fingers in front of the yeah. telescope to knock some light out of it. First time I've used that thing, and I didn't use it at all last year. First time I've had that thing out of the basement in quite a while. <laughs> what about the big the the, the big binoculars? Uh, we, I took those two just because they were right beside the telescope. Uh, Nate had a fairly hefty uh, tripod. We hooked it up there. Um, you could see the moons through it. Couldn't see. Wasn't as good as the the, the highest power eyepiece for mm. the telescope. Um, and I'm not. I'm wondering if they're a little. Did you get those repaired after you had it in the accident? So I mean, I could get it to a place where it was in both eyes, but it wasn't like both eyes were always looking in the same place. Like there was. Times where still it was, a balance issue with it. Yeah, I, I found the yeah. same. Yeah, I, it seems like it was in one eye but not in the other. And it, but if I moved it, I could. I, there's a, there's only a small overlap like where you would expect a big overlap in that. So I'm wondering if they're not perfectly in alignment, but they were reasonable enough. I mean, it, it, it was repaired. Yeah, or they get no, or they sent me a new one. It was one of the two. Okay. All right, yeah, I mean, so maybe that's just the way they are. Maybe I was missing something else, but, you know, there was time where it was only in one eye, and I tried to get it in both eyes, and I did find an over, a place where there was an overlap. Yeah. But I mean, ideally, it should be good. Those are two, basically two uh, two refractors, I mean, mm-hmm. two refraction yeah. telescopes. Um, but, yeah, for some reason, it doesn't. Yeah, the, the three-and-a-half-inch provided a better... So with the low-power eyepiece, they were... About equivalent, and with the high power eyepiece, the telescope was much better. Yeah, but you got to keep moving. That that one doesn't have a. You have to keep yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't take the time to set up the equatorial mount, so uh-huh. we, we didn't watch. We weren't trying to image it. We didn't want to watch it for hours. Right. So you could kind of just skew the telescope to keep it in view, and it wasn't too bad. Now, yeah, I was telling him about your. Your go-to mount, and they're mm-hmm. like, well, that's pretty cool. I'm like, yeah, you just point at three stars, and then you say go to Uranus, and it points at Uranus, and if it's dark enough, you can see a green blob. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, the go-to mount is. I mean, I I understand where it's like, oh, it's it's cheating, but to me, it's like the same thing as oh, you're cheating by doing by using a hop extract, right? It's like, no, you're not. You're not cheating. You're just you're taking advantage of the technology. Mm-hmm. I hear it. You're, you're you're standing on the shoulders of giants, and then, and then Nate's like, you know, how much is like a ten-inch telescope? And I'm like, I think around probably around four thousand dollars. Was I close? It depends on what kind of ten inch telescope you're talking about. You can get when I was looking at like a when I was still on the telescope thing. I was looking at something like a seven. It was a six or seven inch Schmidt cast screen, which is mm-hmm. an awesome. Telescope and they, that was around two to three thousand dollars. That was an expensive telescope, but it would have been amazing uh-huh. for like looking at, particularly for looking at solar system objects. But even for looking at nebulas and stuff, it would have been pretty right. Cool. I mean, he was asking about nebulas, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, in this three and a half inch, you know, they're just little blurry clouds, yeah. And in the five inch, pretty much the same thing. I think I, I, you could probably get a ten inch or even like a twelve inch daub. Mm-hmm. A Dobsoni, one of those big, mm-hmm. just a giant light bucket. Yeah, you could get those for, you know, within a thousand or fifteen hundred range. Okay, you're still never going to see colors, even with the Schmidt. That, the reason why I kind of stop is because even with the Schmidt cast grain, even with the, the the really cool optics, you won't ever really see colors until you use imaging software to mm-hmm. overlap and let it go, go, go. Right, right. You're, you, it's just. That's not the way your eye works and the way that the sky is. You don't see colors out there, except for in circumstances. Like when stars are specific colors, you can see that. I'm debating whether to uh, spend a weekend up at uh, Cherry Springs, go camping up there, take the kids. As long as you can find a clear sky night, the skies are really clear. And if you would like to borrow my other telescope for it, I would definitely, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, well biggest part of the consideration is having the kids up during observing hours. Yeah, they're I mean this thing they're they're still a young I think. Yeah. Yeah. So like I'd love to go up to Cherry Spring. You know, maybe even like book early so you could get there for the Leonids. You know, and they'd be camping there mm-hmm. in August. I was pretty proud of myself. We were talking last night and we were talking like, you know, the question was like when's the Leonids? I'm like, I think it's around August tenth. And it's like exactly August 10th. So I was pretty proud of myself that I got that one right. Is there going to be a moon out? Oh, I don't know about this year. I didn't look into that part of it. Uh, but, you know, I think Allie actually asked about that. She remembers that time we sat out on the deck mm-hmm. and tried to watch meteors. Um, we saw two, some. Was that last year? No, or was that two years ago? It was, it was probably two years ago. She remembers that. And uh, she asked if we could do that again this year. And that's when I started thinking about, you know, maybe going up to Cherry Springs. Mm. August 10th will be a... It's like a waxing gibbous. Like, last night the moon didn't come up to well after midnight. So, like, Jupiter was really easy to imagine. There was no moon out there. So it's a crescent waxing. So it'll, it'll, it's closer to new. Not quite new. Does that mean it sets or waning? Early? Sorry. Does that waning. mean it sets early or comes up late? It sets early, right? 
It's waning because it's moving down. So it's yeah, so it'll set early. Yeah, I think so. They don't uh, don't tell you the times. Yeah, I think it sets early when it's doing that. So it might be a good year. The, the you know campsite is probably already booked up. Yeah. But I'm gonna look into it. That reminds me about the eclipse thing in Kentucky in oh. 2017. Is it? Two years. Oh my gosh, that's close. Yeah, I have to. Because I I definitely had a plan on going on vacation mm-hmm. in and camping near the total eclipse. Uh, what's that called? The totality. The totality. Yeah, the totality. I'm gonna try to do it one way or another because mm-hmm. that's not an experience you get to do very often. It's right here, or you know, it's relatively enough, right yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah, 2017 is the year, that's for sure. I know I added a thing to the calendar, like, way back when, like, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Set, you know, setting it, and then had this plan. Yeah, it's getting close. I guess it's time to start making plans. Time to find a campsite. Yeah. And, you know, because booking for those things is generally about 12 months out. And there may be a lot of freaks who want to experience a total eclipse, so it might be hard to get... I'll let you know what as my plans develop because yeah. I know you want to come, but you probably don't want to camp. Probably not. I mean, I'll do it if I have to, but right, not a, not a camper. I have two tents, so all you would really have to do is buy a cot, and you would be pretty set. Last time I was in a tent, it was a smaller tent, but still it was a tent. And mm-hmm. when I woke up, the tent was collapsed around me because I move around a lot at night. <laughs> So, I, I will set up your tent so it will not collapse around you. We'll see if, if your setup can work against... You, know, you will not collapse this tent. <laughs> if you collapse the tent, I will be thoroughly impressed. I mean, that means like you're like a ninja in your sleep. Mm, I don't know if I'm a ninja. I'm definitely some, more of a gigantic rock thing... <laughs> <laughs> that has a lot of a lot of inertia and mass. So a dome tent setup right has a lot of a lot of structure to it. Yeah, no, I I was not exactly setting up my tent like an amazing like like a like Eagle Scout. No. I was setting up my tent. You would like literally a, have an Eagle Scout set up your yes. tent for you if you came with us. Uh, yeah, I'll keep you informed as as we do it and as I set up the plans. It might be worth it just to do it, right? Just to be like, hey, I'm camping also, why not? Uh it, yeah, it might be a fun thing to do. You know, we will probably make a week of it, but, you know, you can come down just for the event and spend a night there, two nights there, and bolt. That, yeah. That's that's the uh, roughed form plan for me. If anyone listening wants to... Maybe we should have a craft beer radio camp out. Eclipse camp out. What, what, what are the Kentucky beers we can get? Um, <laughs> the uh, Country Boy Brewing, they're actually going to send mm-hmm. us beers. I'll take Lexington... But we're going to be in Kentucky. Why are we going to drink beers, man? It's bourbon time. Bourbon eclipse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have the eclipse glasses ready. But then I only have one pair. I'm sure they'll sell, like, cheapo ones. You know, the... I mean, get those... Got, you know, I'll, you know what I'll do is I'll take our eclipse cone there and I'll, put, get, I'll get a real screen for it instead mm-hmm. of that plastic sheeting. That would be the best way to view it for everyone. You can just gather around the Eclipse Cone. Yeah, but you can buy, like, I mean, you can buy a sort of 
especially around eclipse zones, they'll just sell them. They'll sell like these cheap things with the sure. cheap like silver nitrate filter on them. The cool thing about those glasses, they're they're you know they're like thirty bucks. They're really nice and sturdy, and they're yeah. But I mean, even for the kids, you know, this if we if I you know that eclipse funnel works, yeah, and you can see it for and you the can whole, project it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 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 good. And then when when it gets dark, you just look up at it, and then when it gets light, you look at the screen again. True. So I mean, that's definitely part of. I think the way that you, you know, where they don't want to go, you know, the direction, you know, we tried to, the last time we had a partial eclipse here in Pittsburgh, Greg or Greg showed me directions to build this thing that clamps onto the eyepiece of the telescope. And it's this automotive oil funnel. So it's mm-hmm. a long, you know, it's a long, narrow funnel. And then over the mouth of the funnel, or you put, uh, the directions were supposed to be like rear projection. Um, yeah. Uh, movie screen type film and there's a place online you can buy little sheets of this stuff and we weren't going to buy you know a 20 dollar sheet of rear projection film so we tried just buying some plastic sheeting and pulling it super tight and seeing if that would work and uh, then the uh, partial eclipse came and it was cloudy that day and we never made any use of it we should try to use it on sunspots sometime mm-hmm Ideally, that I mean, it's the same thing. It should work. Like I was saying to Jeff, I actually took out my eclipse glasses today and stared at the sun. It was, I mean, it was a really bright, sunny, hot day. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, let's take a look. And the sun was still bright in those. I mean, those glasses, you wear them and you can barely see a thing. Mm-hmm. Very little, like 1% of the light gets through. Uh, but you can, you stare at, you look at the sun, like it was almost, a little, it was almost, almost too bright. bright. Yeah. Are those as dark as welder goggles or darker? Darker, or darker, darker. than welder goggles. Dark, welder goggles were out, like, I don't know what the color, what the scale is, was like four or five, and those are 14. Okay. So, huh. yeah. They're from the same place that makes welder's goggles. Yeah, well, the, so they're eclipse goggles, right? So yes. you're not supposed to be looking at a full-blown sun for extended periods of time. I didn't look at it for like I didn't so, start it for yeah. like a, a, So I a, wonder a, if there's like sun goggles versus eclipse goggles, and they're even darker. Well, I mean, ideally, the whole point of eclipse goggles is you should be able to look at this. You should be able to From see, beginning to end. Yeah. But in reality, you're only going to start looking up after, after the sun has... Already started to be uh, not necessarily culted by the the moon shadow, or I guess not the moon shadow, but the moon itself. I mean, what you're really worried about? See, like, they do have these, like they do have these, you know, yeah. cheapo ones. Um, I'm trying to look and see if there's any information for the eclipse glasses. Start talking. Um, cactus. Cactus, cactus. When you you get a cactus. solar filter for the telescope. But then only one person could see it at a time. Or if you use a projector, yeah, yeah. then you can gather around. So I'm more inclined to think that the projector is a way to go. Definitely want to test it before we go to Kentucky. You know, shoot the sun, make sure you can focus it, make sure either this plastic sheeting is good enough or we get the rear projection. Uh, movie screen type stuff. These these cheaper ones they say absolutely safe for direct solar viewing. Huh. 
And that's America. Red, white, and blue. And red, white, and blue. Interesting. So you said you saw sunspots today? Yes, I saw... Well, I, I mean, I saw darker spots on the sun. I mean, I, I don't know if I saw individual mm. sunspots. I mean, the sun's very big. Right. But I saw areas of the sun that were darker than others. I see. Gotcha. Um, stuffity stuff, thingity things. Let's see what else. I oh, I bought this tool. It's uh, it's at Home Depot, but it's this tool to like pull weeds out of your lawn. It's called like the Hound Dog or something like that. It's it was, nothing but a hound. It was uh, it was a really good twenty five dollars to, to like yank dandelions. It works out really well. You don't have to bend over and use a little digger tool. Uh, I would say it's craft beer radio approved. All right. Maybe I'll put it on the Amazon store. <laughs> Use this to pull your fucking dandelions. Speaking of which, have you got your uh, tresses up for your hops? Yeah. Yeah, I got them strung. I had dug up a bunch of hops to give to um, a farmer who wants to plant some hops this year. So I, I actually, they started out pretty slow. I think I deserved a lot of the roots a little too much to like... But I mean, for me, for my use, I'm still gonna have plenty of hops. I have five or six strings rung, or strings run, and I have you know about five binds on each string. Still gonna be plenty of hops. It's weird though. Some of my most robust hops from previous years like have fizzled out, and like the ones that are robust now are ones that are only like four years old. Hmm. That is strange. Because, I mean, hops aren't supposed to, like, fizzle out after five or six years, but... Um, as long as you still get hops. So no, I still have hops, for sure. It's just, you know, like, the grandpa, you know, like, the original Cascade plant is, like, no more. Like, he's not growing anymore. Or barely growing, which is weird. This is the ones I have. These green shade, Philips Safety Products, green shade 14 solar eclipse glasses. Okay. Four and a half stars. Hey, we should do Amazon Anonymous before we wrap this shit up, shouldn't we? Probably. Uh, let's hit pause and, and anonymize some Amazon. Okay. Bathroom break, Amazon Anonymous, planning break, and now we were back. Are you ready? My pick is the My Ball Cover NOPA pattern zip-on stability ball cover with handle. Washable. It's for one of those exercise balls that you, uh, I guess, use for exercise or you sit on instead of a desk chair. Um, some people prefer them. They, they, they like them for both the way to help your posture. And apparently, according to the European Journal of Applied Psychology, you burn about 6% more calories than using a normal desk, desk chair. <laughs> Which, I mean, you may think, what? how do you burn calories at all using a normal desk chair? Well, I mean, you're an exothermic creature. You you burn calories just by existing. So, But you right. do do more when you're trying to balance on a... On a so someone ball. also bought the ball mm-hmm. that goes inside the ball cover. Oh, I didn't even see the ball. Yeah, further down, there's the ball... Right, there's uh, the... No, I thought I saw the ball. Oh, the gallon balance ball chair? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't click on it, but I yeah. presume the ball goes with yep. the ball cover. Ah, yes, yes, indeed. All right. Yeah, so many great things this week. Uh, 
thing I'm going to have to go with is Actually, I lost my window here, so let me find it again. This is just a chair that the ball goes on. It oh. employs the same balance ball you use in your workout routine. Huh. Hmm. I joked with Greg, you know, amazing. Yeah, that So a guy who listens to a craft beer podcast bought some beard oil. <laughs> oh, no, that's not true, because they're different colors for the ball, so no, I'm wrong. It's a ball in the chair. Yeah. It has a little, little minor backrest. Uh, so presumably you don't have to work on your balance quite as much as yeah. if it was just a ball. Uh, oh, so someone bought the Cheetah Mounts APTMM2B Tilt TV Wall Mount Bracket 32 to 65 inch TVs, many from 75 inches, including LED, LCD, plasma, flat screens from VESA 600 by 400, and there's more. This is all in the title. Uh, 600 by 400 and 165 pounds. This flush one and a half inch profile includes twisted veins, 10 foot braided HDMI cable, and a six foot three axis magnetic blue bubble level. <laughs> magnetic bubble level. And the reason I picked this is because this is the same mount I got for my TV when I got the 70 inch plasma in there. I bought the same damn mount. Uh, don't buy this for the twisted veins, 10 foot, 10 foot. Braided HDMI cable because mine never worked. But I didn't buy it for the damn cable anyway. I bought it for because it was a $29.70 inch TV wall mount. And you really can't find them for that price. So that's still a good deal. But yeah, it's the exact same one that I bought. Uh, someone bought some stuff for their chickens. and Could be my sister. Cool, that'd be cool. Did you buy a little chicken ball. She place? has she has a couple uh, chickens. Happy hen treats ball. I'm, he puts some suet in there I'd and they peck at it. it. And uh, what else was there? Yeah, someone. I think someone's wiring up their house slash home theater because they didn't just buy the TV mount, but they bought a bunch of HDMI yeah. stuff. They bought a thousand or five hundred feet of. We're assuming cable. it's the same person. Yeah, 500 feet of Ethernet cable. Someone bought a 1TB solid-state hard drive. I guess that's why we made so much this month. We got 17 bucks off of the person who bought the 1TB solid-state hard drive. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'd also be curious if, if you if you uh, don't want to read that, I'd like to tell us how long that lasts. Because I, I want to know how good those uh, larger format uh, solid-state drives are. It's a crucial. That's a good brand. I mean, yeah, but I, I'm I'm not sure whether they've you know those large format ones have been tested as much as the smaller format ones. I think they are. I mean, so we found at our at my work that SSDs fail at the same rate that spinning drives fail. Mm-hmm. They just fail in different ways. Um, I don't. I wouldn't expect a one TB to be any worse than. Uh, I know that like for for a SATA or for for IDE or yeah SATA, but the spinning drive. Um, if you get beyond two terabytes, the failure rate jumps up huge. Hmm. And that so for like laptop drives or desktop drives? No, desktop drives. Uh, I are you thinking about that Backblaze data that they published a couple like a year ago? I I don't know what I'm thinking about. I just know I read that somewhere that you know once you get beyond two terabytes, the failure rate jumps up considerably. I I don't think that's. There was a public so Backblaze is a it's kind of like a carbonite type service. We actually use it for work too, and one of the things they do is they publish out like they have 
they keep good statistics on all of their hard drives for their cloud storage. Mm-hmm. And there were some drives that were horrible pieces of shit. And I'm guessing the article you read was probably sourcing this back blaze article about these horrible yeah, pieces of shit, but not all the big drives were horrible pieces of shit. So I'm guessing that's where you got that from. I want to read you a, to end, I want to read you a little bit of a poem that I, that I found on the internet that was from this guy named Jake Tringall in Cambridge, Massachusetts in May 2014. Okay. The poem is called Nelius and Verba. To the experimentalists, crafting avant-garde biofilms, lifting the veil off the shy, squirrely electron, trapping light in magnetic quicksand, torturing those tiny photons for observations, deftly wiring atomic transistors, mustering up quarks to color the void, wielding nanotubes and dye lasers and aerogels, cleansing their hands of grease and chemicals and sweat, touring the facility before kneeling before the gadget. To the experimentalists, I salute you. To the theorists, to the theorists, I salute you. How do you magnetically capture light? That's the thing that's stuck in my head. Light is the uh, medium of charge transmission. You don't know how to make magnets strong enough to stop light. No, not magnets per se, but charges, yes. Okay. Well, listen, I guess. I see it's a semantic thing, but you're like magnetically yeah, capturing it's, light. It's not a magnet and like a bar magnet. <laughs> it's using the magnetic field which is just the electromagnetic field. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me read you a poem. Let me okay. find some good Amazon reviews. <laughs> I know you hate those. Especially when I read them. Okay. Let's see about this beard oil. Beard Oil gets uh, four and a half stars, 2,076 reviews. Oh, no, I'm not going to read the reviews. I'm going to look at the questions. Beard Oil questions. There's 27 answered questions. Can I use this to make my beard soft as an, alter- as an alternative to showering? <laughs> It might make your beard softer without showering, but nobody is going to notice because people aren't going to want to get that close to you. You will need a shower, bro, every day. I'm being your friend here. Your friends aren't. If you don't shower every day, you might think you don't smell. Trust me, you do. How come you... Hold on, I gotta expand this. How come you can't smell it? Because it's a gift from the DNA wizards who granted us the power not to smell our own funk. And you are thinking... You you are... We live in a very privileged world. You are taking world. the Mountain Man concept too far. Well, okay. There is something about this, right? We live in a very privileged world where we can shower every day, which is not something that is normal for all people around society in in, in the world. We are very, we are therefore very sensitive to minor 
Maybe maybe I have funk. I don't, I don't shower every day. There, I try to. It doesn't always. If I'm a little running a little late for work, I'll you know throw some water and you know I'll, I'll rub myself with some soap and stuff. And I mean, I would say the rule is I probably go two days. Uh, now, like the, kind of like the George Carlin bit, you know, there's like five places you got to wash. Right, armpit, asshole, crotch, and what's the other one? Mouth, I guess. You know, he does a bit about that. Where you don't, you know, basically, you you know what you were saying. You know, like privileged American fuck, you don't have to shower every day. You just have to wash your mouth, your asshole, mm-hmm. your crotch, and your armpits, and you're good. Yeah. I mean, you, it it used to be that showering was not normal at all. Mm-hmm. Bathing wasn't very normal. The, the, the bathing was. I, I I don't know where this is necessarily true because this is something that I learned. I remember learning in high school, and you know I don't know how how much that goes through, but bathing was seen by the church. You know when they took over Roman society as sort of a. a, a a because they had these mass baths and stuff like that as mm-hmm. as a as a sin type thing so that or, or as a leader to sin so they they made it so bathing was taboo in society so even like bathing and stuff so they came up with all these perfumes and stuff to cover up the right. the aromas that would come off right people. right right yeah absolutely actually there's a good question in this beard oil thing one that I've actually asked and that is how long should my beard be before I start using beard oil. I, you know, I've had a beard for yeah. years. Uh, I tried growing it out last winter. Heather hated it. You know, like actually growing a longer beard instead of just a close cropped beard. And uh, probably as soon as it starts to get itchy. I wish I had used it sooner. It saved me some discomfort. Uh, so apparently I could have made use of, I could make use of beard oil with even this close cropped beard. I thought beard oil was more so used for people with mm. beards you can kind of like wrap your hand around. Yeah, you know, those kinds of things. So I never considered getting beard oil, but maybe I will now, especially yeah, the next yeah. time I shave it off and let it grow back in. Because yeah, that itching kind of sucks. Kind of sucks a lot. All right. Anything else? Guess no. Not. No. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We really do appreciate that you take your time to listen to our post-show nonsense. Thank you. Thank you.